0: Welcome to the Intuitive Woman Podcast with your host, Tina Conroy. Gain clarity, confidence, and trust in your inner wisdom. Explore spiritual topics, including intuition, healing, wellness, yoga, vibrant living, and more. Hi, guys. Tina here. I hope everybody is doing well. I am always so excited to bring you another episode of Spirituality and Intuition in Business. But before we go there, I wanted to share with you something. I was writing my newsletter today, and as I wrote it, I was explaining how I've sort of been in a down cycle or a slump, and I got very vulnerable because... I think sometimes people feel as a spiritual teacher that we're always on this high, we're always positive, we're always uplifting. And that's not always the case. I remember thinking years ago that if I took this path and I really delve into my spirituality for myself and for others, that I would be immune to really all the other stuff that goes on. And that's truly not the case. Matter of fact, I feel like as a spiritual teacher and a spiritual person, I feel it even more. And there are times where it's very challenging for myself to stay in my spiritual practice, to stay grounded and connected, and also to share that with my clients and my community. So, what do we do best? Well, when I feel this way, it is best to teach what we need to know. And I am kicking off a 21 day new you challenge. I'm calling it a challenge or a course. And if you're not connected to me, please do so because you're going to want to know how to get to that information. Go to tinaconroy.com and sign up. Sign up for my weekly newsletter get on my email list, and you'll also receive a complimentary intuitive meditation. Also, while you're checking out the website, if you're interested in an energy breakthrough session, this is complimentary, feel free to click that button as well, and we will set up a date. This is over the phone or by Skype, and I would love to connect with you to get your energy in check. So look out for the 21-Day New You Challenge Program. Connect to me on Facebook in the Facebook group the Intuitive Woman Group, and also through my website, tinaconroy.com. There'll be more to tell you about. It's going to kick off May 1st, and it's going to be 21 days till May 21st. We're going to create the change that you know you want, connecting to our spirituality, our connection, and our core. When was the last time you had a full belly laugh? I bet you can't remember. Well, today's guest is going to remind you of laughter and fun and smiles. Barbara Grapstein is the founder and CEO of Healing Headbands Project, Inc. As a global laughter ambassador, certified laughter leader, and laughter yoga instructor, Barbara's passion is her never-ending devotion to helping others through philanthropy, complemented by her entrepreneurial spirit. Barbara is actively involved with several organizations, including the Association of Applied Therapeutic Humor, Steve Wilson's World Laughter Tour and Comedy Cures. Barbara is a featured guest on WCWP 88.1N Joy Show and is well-traveled. Barbara has had the privilege of engaging with many influencers and leaders in the field, including the guru of India, Dr. Madan Kataria, founder of Laughter Yoga. Barbara is a corporate consultant for holistic health, stress management, and serves to help children and families living with cancer. The program currently runs in child life centers, universities, and hospitals in the Northeast. I'm so grateful to get Barbara on. To connect with Barbara, go to healingheadbands.com. She is also found on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And her logo is Laugh, Create, Heal. Wear your happiness. So, welcome, Barbara. I'm so glad to have you on the show. I'm excited. So excited. I am so glad that we're connecting today. A little bit of a rainy day here yesterday was pretty amazing. Did you get to enjoy the sunshine? I did. I did. I took a nice walk. It was delightful. Beautiful. Days like that, I just don't want them to end. I want it every day. And that reminds me that the summer is coming. We are close to spring and summer, it's right around the corner. So I wanted to share with the listeners. I gave them a little bit of what's to come with all the laughter and the fun. But before we even go there, because we're touching upon it still in the series of spirituality and intuition in business, I want to bring the listeners back to a little bit of who you are and how you grew up. So if you wouldn't mind sharing your upbringing, perhaps religious, spiritual, a little bit of both. I was raised uh, as a reformed, um,
1: Judaism, and, uh, uh, I went to Sunday school for, a few years, till so I guess about fourth or fifth grade, and then I quit because I noticed that what I was learning in Sunday school was the same thing as what I was learning in history in elementary school, or I had gone to a private school because I had a visual problem, so I needed a small classroom, and public schools wouldn't accommodate my, my situation. So I noticed that the information was the same, and I said to my parents, you know, don't spend the money on this because I'm already learning it. And I knew I wasn't going to be bat mitzvahed um, because one, this visual situation. So it would have taken me a long time to go through all the training. And back when I was growing up, it wasn't so necessary. And that's not the right word, but it wasn't. um, Girls didn't have bat mitzvahs quite as much as the sons had bar mitzvahs. I guess if you have two children in the family and the older is the son, the son had to go through it and the girls sort of got off. It's not the same today.
0: So let me ask you a question. When, was it something that you chose not to be have the bar mitzvah or to not continue with the religion or was it sort of a combination between what was going on with the visualization and the school? I, well, it was my decision
1: not to continue with Sunday school. And, uh, my parents have pretty much, came to the conclusion that I wouldn't be bat mitzvahed. So, and it was fine with me.
0: Okay. So it wasn't as if they were against it. They were, they were with you. They were in support. Right. Okay. And then as you went through your life, because I know that you're a very spiritual person now and the work that you do share with us as you kind of move through life and, and got a little bit older How did you lean into spirituality or do you still have some religious ties or you know, things like that? I don't have the religious
1: ties too much, although I have belonged to different temples. But when we did go, and when my children were younger, now they're in their twenties, I always made sure that we could go to the children's services because I just didn't have the stamina to sit through the long talk that the rabbi would give. So I always wanted to make it short and sweet and get out of there, which doesn't sound very good, but that's how it was for me. And uh, I became more spiritual as I've gotten older. I started to look towards angels. I start to um, look at cards, not always tarot cards, but I had met Sonia Hoquette and I bought her cards and she's amazing. And I just, I've started to lean in that realm I have a daughter who's 25 and I'll say, well, what do you think about angels? And she'll look at me like I've got 15 heads. So, you know, she hasn't gotten there yet, but, but my daughter wants to be agnostic or, you know, we're completely on a different playing field at the moment. Um, But I don't know when it started really. Um, I don't think it happened in college and I don't think it happened when I started working, but somehow little by little it's crept into my life and i and i really do i do meditation like once or twice a month and when i'm in this meditation class there have been times when i actually feel like there's someone over me and one night i was sleeping and a ghost approached me and i remember i was home alone and I, I looked and I uh, looked like my eyes were open. I must have been asleep. I don't know. And this man was over me and said something. And I said, I'm, I'm so polite. I said, excuse me. And he just whoosh, was gone. It didn't scare me, but I, I found it kind of cool you know, in a way. But how long um, ago was that? This goes back about, oh, I'd say maybe five months ago.
0: So did you come to, so I know you're not really sure when the spirituality connection began, did it just happen gradually? Because sometimes people talk about what they'll say, a spiritual awakening, where they've had this challenge or they've had a very difficult time in their life. And so they've reached out for something, you know, to, to know or have hope or have faith. But It sounds like you were just very gradual finding these new nuances and finding meditation and we'll get to the yoga as well. So is that more, more of it? It just was like a gradual finding a journey? I think so. I think so. I have a good
1: friend of mine who, uh, she's a widow and she does numerology and astrology and she is so spot on. And I'm constantly telling her that she should really pursue that and do something with it. And she's sort of like, she doesn't, it's it's her cha-cha. I always call things her cha-cha. You do two steps forward, one step back and she's not, she's not committed. But I think part, by meeting her, it's opened up certain channels. I mean, she does Kabbalah, and I've gone to a few of the Kabbalah meetings with her. I'm not convinced because she hasn't grown um, as much as I think she could. And so when the Kabbalah people call me, say, oh, do you want to join? And I'll go, no. And they will say, why? I said, because my friend hasn't reached that peak and if you haven't done that for her in five years, then you know there's no way you're going to convince me that this is for me.
0: Right now, um, I'm not sure the listeners may know what Kabbalah is. I know a little bit of it. Can you just share it, just a touch of what it is so they understand?
1: Oh well, maybe you
0: you can explain it better than I can.
1: Um, all I know is that I know that Madonna happens to be a Kabbalist, and um, it's a uh, it's an outgrowth from the Jewish religion as far as I understand. And, you know, they, they give each of their participants a red string that they wear on their wrist. It's along the lines of teaching
0: Judaism, but I'm not, I can't go beyond that. So. Okay. Okay. I, I, I too know that it's a sect of, um, came out of the Jewish religion, Judaism. And I do know a little bit about the red string, but again, I feel like it's, I'm not really sure what it is. I'm not sure if it's mantras. I'm not sure if it's more, you know, you know, I'm, I'm a little, little confused. Cause I know some people have done Kabbalah yoga and that's a whole new thing. But so I guess for me, it's just a whole, you know, curious avenue. But so tell us about, so, okay. So now, so I want to talk, I want to get to and talk so much about what you do now and what an amazing thing. So bring us up to the point where how did you find yoga? First of all, and then laughter, yoga, laughter, laugh, yoga, or yoga, laugh. You could tell us how you, cause I have taken a very little bit of classes of that. So share with us your yoga journey, how you connected with yoga, and then how you now allow yourself to teach others through laughter and yoga. Okay.
1: Okay. Well, what happened was, um, Um, I live in a small town called Seacliff on Long Island and I used to do, you know, I used to be in really, really good shape, but I, and I've always been very flexible and I had been in a really terrible car accident. Oh, almost like 15, 20 years ago. And when they brought me to the hospital, I was on the gurney and I was stretching. And one of the doctors said to me, if you can stretch, you don't need to be here because I had, you know, gone from my, from my torso, I I was able to touch my toes and I was really stretching. And he said, you know, so then I realized it's a good thing that I stretch. I've always been rather limber. And so I continued doing yoga, but simple yoga, not, not hot yoga. And so that always kept me in decent shape. And then I used to do Zumba and, and other exercises as well. And then years later, I had been in another terrible accident. I had tripped in a Parking lot. I um, I slipped. I tripped on um, the cement divider in uh, in a parking lot, and I broke my right thumb and my left ankle and one fell swoop. And I had never broken anything else ever in my life. And so I was waylaid. I I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't drive. And I kept getting emails from an organization called the World Laughter Tour, and just around that time in my life, I was going through a blue period. I had you know, just my son was about to go off to college and I just, the emptiness syndrome was beginning to happen. And I was just feeling not too great. And so these emails came at the right time. And I realized in hindsight that it must've been the universe saying to me, it's time for you to slow down. And this is something you should dress. So this man had this this email would come out, a newsletter, and he was the World Laughter Tour. And he was doing these two-day workshops all over the United States. And one was in Hartford. It was too far. One was in Philadelphia. It was too far. The following week, he was doing one in Manhasset, which is 20 minutes from where I live. And I said, this is a sign. This has got to be a sign. Because w- w- why? You know, why would this happen? So I convinced a friend of mine who was a social worker. She could get CEU credits. And so she went with me. She drove me there. And the whole time I was fascinated by the whole thing, you know, the science behind laughter and um, how it changes your brain and how your body acclimates and how it levels the playing field for people who, you know, they feel that they're a bully or whatever the hierarchy is. Everyone is on the same level. But I kept thinking, how would I market it? Because that was like background. I always like to think about how I could promote because you give me an item and if I love it I'll shatter from the rooftops and this was something like that so I let it percolate then about six months later I looked into laughter yoga and I went to Chicago my husband came with me and we did laughter yoga so um, it was an extension of the science behind laughter and there again I kept thinking how will I market it how will I market it didn't do anything with it then I, belong, I joined an organization called AATH, which is the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. And the gentleman who trained me as a laughter leader, this man Steve Wilson from the World laughter tour, was being honored. And I went to my husband and I said, you know, there is this program in Las Vegas, just go, just go, 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 just go. You know, he, he was tired of seeing me sort of blue. So I went, didn't know anybody except for this one man. And my life changed in Las Vegas. And, and I'm not, I'm not a fan of Las Vegas, but it changed. And I met the most remarkable group of individuals from all over the world who took me under their wing. And you have to understand this is almost 10 years ago when I went and I was really like blue. I was still going through my, I lost 15 pounds. I had no appetite. I felt like I was a ghost. I felt like I felt like I was walking through marshmallows, you know, when you're just depressed and you just, you know, I couldn't smile. I'd watch situation comedies and I, I looked like I had a stroke. It was, it was scary. And my son said to me, you know, mom, you you are always so sad. The other mothers aren't sad. And I said, they are, but you don't see it. And they may have not been, but I certainly didn't want him to worry about me. So AATH was, um, a cornerstone for me, and now as it's almost ten years, you know I'm now a speaker, and now I'm a motivator, and I've written a book, and I've started my own nonprofit, and I'm learning. I'm I've I've taken baby steps to get to where I am, and every day is a new beginning, and every day you know I see the sun. I feel happy if I don't see the sun, but my feet touch the ground and I can get myself to the bathroom unassisted. I know it's a, it's an eureka moment because I go into hospitals and I see what is there. And many people aren't of their own abilities. You know, they need someone to help them or they're connected to an IV pole. And it's, it's, you know, it's
0: an eye opener. So, so you are able to pull yourself through the blue period that you're calling it. And you're able to find gratitude for the small things. It sounds like and just make it become more of a practice for yourself. And then from there help others. And I, I would assume that seeing people obviously in hospitals and who desperately, and I also know you work with cancer, cancer, is it children or adults?
1: I will, um, the program is, was initially for children with cancer, but it could be anybody, any population can benefit from what, what I offer.
0: So then from those, from all of those different people that you meet, it sounds like you were able to get yourself out of that, out of that, you know, period that you're in. It's, it's so interesting. You're talking about this and it's, it's similar to the point. I was writing my newsletter today and I was talking about how, You know, I've been going and doing, and obviously I've created this podcast, but there's been this like darkness for me over the winter. And I think it's part of just the weather, but, and I finally feel like I'm coming out. And I was sharing in my newsletter that we teach what we need to learn. And so I'm starting a 21 day challenge slash new you program and starting May 1st, just to really work on reconnecting to our spirit and our connection and have accountability. And so it's it's interesting you said that because a lot of times as a spiritual teacher, people think every day is beautiful and the sun is shining, which it is. And I'm always looking for gratitude, but there are times where you go through periods where it's challenging, or you don't really know why, you know, I'm so thankful I have the tools. So I don't stay in those down cycles or too long, but sometimes we need to Pick ourselves up or find ways to do it. So it sounds like this was a way for you to get out of that, and then continually working on helping others helps you stay in a nice rhythm. Definitely, definitely.
1: No, it's uh, you know, I have a good friend of mine who had gone through breast cancer. She's a 25-year breast cancer survivor, and you know, most people who get a, a sentence or being told that you know, she was told at one point after multitudes of operations and um, and chemo treatments that, you know, some people would think, why me? And instead she kept thinking, you know, I had, I have a tumor and she found her humor. And I say to, I speak to people saying, you know, I'm grateful that I found my, that I had depression so that I could find my happiness and to help others, um, succeed as well. I mean, I, I, wherever I go, I have a friend who she, she collects smiles and it's all it's like a game her own little game she's, she'll smile at somebody and if she gets a smile in return it's like points and you know it's not like she's going to win anything at the end of the day depending on how many smiles she gets but it's her own personal journey or her own personal um goal setting and and that's what we need to do is uh um is just promote what we can promote a smile promote maybe opening a door for somebody giving somebody a compliment you know it doesn't have to be big. Like oh my God, you, you like I can't believe you did this. But it could be I like your shoelaces or what a pretty garden you have. And what I find when you're offering somebody a compliment, as long as it's sincere, is that you're going to see the recipient smile. And they don't have to say something in return like oh you no know, thank you you know I like your shoelaces too. That's not necessary because when you see them smile, that's your thanks. That's your gratitude because, you know, you've done something good for somebody else.
0: It's so true. Gratitude really brings us back to that place that we can connect to ourself and our spirit and know that all is well. I start every day with certain journaling prompts, and one of them is is gratitude. And everybody talks about it, but it is true. Everyone talks about it, but if you don't do it, you won't know it. So to really to do it on a regular basis. So in spirituality and intuition, and we'll kind of move a little bit into the business part, do you have particular, particular spiritual rituals or habits that you have in place for yourself? And then we'll kind of move into um, intuition and business. Someone told me about an app called insight timer. Oh, I have that one. Yeah. And so in
1: the mornings and even at night, you know, I'll, you know, I don't get on my knees and pray because, uh, but I, I do, before I go to sleep and I lay down, I think about the people I care about. And, and I just, you know, I, I wish all of them a good night, you know, safety, wherever they are. And then I'll listen to a meditative, one of the uh, meditations that will be on that app. And then, and most of the time I'm not even hearing it. I, I, it zones me into it's almost like a lullaby. It just and it could be even something that could be like laughter, but somehow, if I'm tired, I just it zones me right out. And then, in the morning, I make an attempt to do that as well. And I'll try to make sure I have enough time to do some sort of meditation because I just need to hear a voice. Um, and it's not listening to the radio. I just like something soothing. and and I love listening to the birds. i'm I'm grateful I still have my hearing as far as intuition, it's, you know, I'm just, I don't know why, but I, I look at angels. I, when I'm driving, you know, I I remember listening to Louise Hay, um, several years ago, and I would listen to one of her CDs. I'm thinking, boy, this woman is so amazing. She is brilliant. She is so brilliant the way she describes things and, you know, what you need to be grateful for. And and basically you don't want to tell people you've been on this new journey until they see how you've come along and then they're going to ask you questions and then you can speak about it. Sort of like it's a hidden secret. But, but I found that, you know, her, her teachings is just unbelievable. And so, you know, I would follow some of the people that are under her umbrella, under her Hay House umbrella. That was where the beginning, I think of intuition started to come and I would take it more seriously. And and realize that I I am intuitive and I am an empath and um, just the different people I've met on my my day to day journey.
0: And so, what would be your definition of intuition? I think it's being open minded and
1: keeping that curiosity, keeping your eyes open with wonderment, and and just being willing to experience whatever comes your way and and continue to promote positivity.
0: I love that. I love hearing everyone has a little different, but it's all similar. And I love that part of the intuition. So I want to kind of segue over to your business and the headbands. And we talked a little bit about the laughter before we kind of move over to um, to talking about the headbands. I want to talk about, do you actually teach... Laughter in yoga classes. I guess I'm confused. Do you I know you see people in hospitals and people that aren't well, is there is there a particular I know it's not the same yoga, but how do you is it a particular class or is it just well I I just became
1: certified to be a laughter yoga teacher. So uh I am I had been a laughter yoga leader for a number of years and you have to do it, you know it's like anything, you know, you learn to do something and they wanna make sure that you have the knowledge and and the ability, and then once you are ready, you can become a teacher. So I took a week-long training. I had a gentleman come in from Massachusetts who is an amazing, he's a Tai Chi master, and he's a laughter yoga master. He trained with Dr. Kataria, who had started the laughter yoga movement in Mumbai. And so laughter yoga is, as what yoga is, it's the mind, body, and spirit, it's a union, and the way that program started was a gentleman, This Dr. Kataria had been, is a physician and he was in Mumbai and he was doing a newsletter on laughter is the best medicine. And he gathered his wife and a few colleagues and went to a park five minutes from his office and they started telling jokes. And by the end of two weeks, 50 people had arrived and they ran out of clean jokes And all the women said this was fun, but no, no, we're not interested. And he said, no, 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 let me come back tomorrow, please. I have an idea. And so his model was that he felt that the body cannot tell the difference between real and fake laughter. You know, when you laugh, your body um, is engaged. You know, your shoulders move up and down, and and you just feel better from the outcome. And so he found childlike exercises to be – the criteria to start. So it wasn't joke telling because, you know, if you tell somebody a joke and you don't get the punchline, they feel bad. So it's not based on an outside uh, form of laughter. It can come from within. So, you know, you pretend that you're a lion. You can pretend that you're tying your shoe and the shoelace breaks. You can pretend you're walking your dog and the dog is walking you. And it can be anything. You know, you're driving in traffic and you just start smiling and laughing. You know, it could be any everyday occurrence, but you just learn to laugh at it. And, and then you're making eye contact and you're smiling and you're swaying and it becomes an all round exercise, but it's not yoga in the sense of getting a mat and doing and wearing yoga clothes. I mean, you can go in your street clothes, you can be in your business clothes. It doesn't matter. And, but you're with others or you can do it one-on-one people do it by themselves, but it certainly is more fun, the more the merrier. And it, it, he's created this movement, which is unbelievable. And so there are 105 countries worldwide that have laughter yoga leaders, um, doing laughter, laughter yoga. And, uh, I I call us gremlins and we, um, and we just, we make the world a better place.
0: I remember in one of my, I did yoga kids teacher training. So I did that in 2004. And in one of the sections of yoga kids teacher training, we had laughter yoga. It was just a small section. It wasn't any certification or anything. And we would literally get on our backs and we would start uh, pedaling our feet and we would just start laughing, laugh for the sake of laughing. And then everybody else would start laughing and everyone started And eventually you're like full belly on laugh, tears are coming down my face and you're making yourself laugh like you're first, you're just making yourself laugh because there is really no reason to laugh. And then you're just laughing and it felt so great. And I remember I was in Michigan completing the training with like 18 other women all around the country. And here we are like on our backs pedaling like little kids and cracking up. So it's a good, and it also, well, I'm sure there's so much we could talk about with the endorphins and the mood boost and all that. So how did, how did you get to tell us about this whole project that you have, with, um, with the headbands. Cause it's, it's so interesting to me.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Well, as I said, I, I started out as a laughter leader and my business name at that time was Gold Coast Giggles because I live on the Gold Coast of Long Island. And I figured if I ever had to move, there's gotta be a Gold Coast somewhere else. So I wouldn't have to worry about, you know, changing my name and doing different marketing tactics. And I did that for a while. And My daughter at the time, who's now 25, had taken some time off, and she was in Guatemala City. And we went down to visit her, and we happened to be in a marketplace where I saw headbands being sold. And they weren't anything like what I've created, but they were designed in a way where they opened up almost like a bandana. And I thought to myself initially, wouldn't this be great for children? And I was, my immediate thought was, you know, for children who are undergoing chemo and radiation, you know, I wish they could celebrate Halloween every day of the year instead of just one day. Not so much for the candy, but just for that feeling of the imagination part behind it. And so I had brought back about 20 headbands and um, gave a few away, but I knew that this particular fabric, which was a cotton fabric, wouldn't help the population who were undergoing chemo and radiation or losing their hair or, you know, where people who have alopecia. So what I did was I found fabric through, you know, talking to many people. I found this fabric that feels like a hug. It's really soft and squishy, has a very high sun protective factor to it, and that it could be printed. And one of the people I spoke to happens to be a neighbor of mine who had been a, an interior designer and a graphic artist and worked with children. And she's my co-founder. Her name is Joni Acola. And you know, I told her my idea about having it Halloween every every day of the year, and she said, "Why is this my dream and not why not a child's dream?" And I said, "What do you suspect? What are you what are you telling me?" And so we created together the Healing Headbands Project. And so basically, what we do is we work with any population who's going through serious illness, and we help them feel better. And you know, so help is the crux of that sentence because. I'm not a comedian where I, I, I make people laugh. I help them laugh, utilizing my laughter skills. And then after we laugh, at least 20 minutes, you know, these silly improv-like exercises, like I was explaining earlier, um, the brain shifts. Perception is different. You're more open to the people in the room. Your uh, Your confidence level is boosted. Your self-esteem feels better. And your heart rate has been exercise. So it's an aerobic workout. And then everybody sits down, they paint and I supply the the paper, the paints, the paintbrushes, you, the whole thing. And what happens is the artwork that comes from each of these participants is filled with wonderment. The colors are bright and cheery. I mean, for young children, there are lots of rainbows sometimes, but, but on the whole, you know, you're dealing with people who aren't necessarily artists So, you know, if you have an artist, they'll have an idea of what they want to, you know, create. But you're dealing with people, regular people, who probably never hold a paintbrush. Maybe if they hold a paintbrush maybe once in a whole year, if that. And so their artwork is just transformative. And what I do with their artwork is I get it printed on this magical fabric that feels delicious. It's like, you know, to make it sound so appealing and so then what happens is the fabric comes back to us like a gigantic tablecloth and we cut and sew it up and we send each individual headband back to the artist now if it's from a child we'll send the art their artwork back with them as well and the headband and then we make maybe a little wristband from their artwork so it's a whole ensemble And when they receive the finished product, we tell them they can wear their happiness.
0: Wow. That is, that's amazing. I can, I can see the whole picture in my mind of having this painting party and laughter yoga sessions, and then having them sit down and feel so good in their body and their mind and their spirit and the colors, and then getting this back in the mail. That's another gift. So that's really amazing. So, do you, at this point, are people, finding you? Are you going out to different organizations? How do people find you? So I want to make sure everybody can get to, get to you.
1: Thank you. Well, our, our website is www.healingheadbands.com. We've just set up an e-commerce site so you can see some of the headbands that were developed and we're, you know, we're making them available to people. And uh, we're creating like a headband of the month. Uh, we've done wonderful programs. We did a program with a, a school, the a Locust Valley Intermediate School. One of their children in the fifth grade has leukemia, and one of the assistant VPs has breast cancer. And we did 100 students. We did 50 in the morning and 50 in the afternoon. This program, and they were able to get their headbands in time for Relay for Life. And it teaches children empathy. We've done lots of Girl Scout troops throughout Long Island. Uh, we've been in many hospitals throughout um, New York. We were in three hospitals in California. We're going to Florida at the end of the month for three hospitals. We've been to St. Jude's. We really want to take this this program global because everybody needs to heal. We all have something that's holding us back, or it it may not be an illness. It could be it could be anything, you know, not getting that job promotion or anything, you know. We we come into this earth pure, but we when we leave unfortunately, we don't leave as pure as we came in. And so this program needs to reach as many um, as possible. And so uh, um, we're always looking for sponsors. Um, We've had wonderful sponsors in the past and continue to get that. But one of my dreams is to teach the child life specialists in these hospitals to become laughter leaders so that they can hook up with the art therapists that are already in the hospitals and then they can do the healing headbands project there. And it's a great team building thing. We're working on doing walks. We just did a vision walk where every member of the team was wearing one of our headbands. So if you look on our Facebook page, you'll see that. Um, We want to do corporate outreach and do team building because I'm sure in every, and I'm speaking generally, but I'm, I'm can only imagine in every, facet of businesses around long island or all over the united states there has to be like a family member or a family that is dealing with an illness like a child in their family is dealing with something or maybe a parent is in hospice or whatever but we all need to heal and the idea is to heal together to the more that we can make eye contact the more that we can you know feel um, the joy from others. It just, it's, it's unbelievable. And we, we, so we were in Newsday last year and we got some great press from that. We had a four page spread and, uh, um, I'm working hard with different laughter leaders that I've met from, um, from all walks of life and, and just promoting as much as we can. So
0: it's unbelievable. You're going to need, I hope you have a team Is it just the two of you at this point? It's just the two of us, plus volunteers, just volunteers. So I see this getting pretty large. I think your vision is really going to be reaching many, many people. I can only wish that you'll go into so many different areas and worldwide, because there's so many people that can benefit from this. And you're right. I mean, you have corporations where within families, there are illness, children, as well as adults. I mean, it's every facet and people need to heal. And also what you're saying is so true is, you know, healing with the laughter, healing with the creative arts, and then getting this back and feeling productive in community. So really wonderful. And, and,
1: and the thing is the headband, you could wear it as a headband, but you know, if my friend, her daughter fell off her bike and so her thigh was razor burned. And instead of going out and buying a hundred dollars worth of band-aids and putting the Arnica or whatever she was using, her mother said, here, put on a healing headband. And she and her daughter said, I'm not going to wear that, but she did. And within two days, her skin healed perfectly because it breathes. It's just, it's an amazing thing. You could wear it around your neck as a buff. You can wear it, you know, if you had tooth surgery, you could wear it like, you know, like I used to wear like a, like a handkerchief around your, your head. I mean, you know, we're thinking about doing a book on 101 ways, unusual ways to wearing your healing headband. We make wristbands which we hand out when we're at hospitals and it's the same from it's made from the same fabric and it's just well we did a wonderful thing with our school district recently um, our it's a North Shore school district they have um, Kiwanis is a big uh, factor so it was the K Club or the, uh, the key club and so this year this just this just happened um, they went up to Albany and they take us different nonprofit or they take a different program as their service project. And they did healing headbands this year. I went up to Albany about two weeks ago and in front of all these other school districts throughout New York state and our school district and our program came first place.
0: Wow. Congratulations. It's really getting the word out there. So it's really fantastic. So I, I always ask, I mostly ask this question as well. And I, I know you pretty much asked, you pretty much told me about what you feel intuition is, but the other question I'm thinking, and I, you pretty much have said it, but we always talk about intuitive hits or so in your business yourself, in the actual business that you've created now, can you, is there been something that you've had an intuitive hit of something that you should do, or like an aha moment. Like, obviously this is all about creativity and a lot of it is intuition because I kind of think that being Guatemala was your intuition, seeing the headbands, but is there anything else that you get these intuition, you get these intuitive hits that say, Oh, we're going to do this. So we're going to do that. Is there anything that recently happened like that? You can share. Hmm. Let me think. Although you touched on a lot. So, you know, there is a lot of aha moments that you've already shared just to be you know, it's it's
1: funny. There are things that happen. I don't know. I'll have a conversation with somebody, and then a thread from that conversation will be somewhere else later on during the day. You know, and I, I can't pinpoint it right now, but I'll say, oh, like this was meant to be. You know, everything is beshared. So, you know, there's whatever it is. You know, there there are things that I don't know. I decide to wear something, and then it's not so much what I'm wearing, but somehow it could be, it'll resonate with somebody else or I'll meet somebody and then they'll say, Oh, I know somebody. And I'm like, all right. Oh, the other day, yesterday I went to a thing. There's a woman we share our space with and she um, does a lot of women's uh, programs where she helps market women programs, conferences. And so there was something at the mansion in Glen Cove and I, posted it online to try to get as many more women to do this program with. And there was a woman I, you know, sent it to and she, she came and I've never met this woman before, but we realized where we knew each other, like there was a common thread, how we knew one another. And it happened to be a woman who had, I had met after I got my laughter yoga training. It was a woman who was teaching a class in Great Neck and, and she was our connector and it was so cool. I mean, I was like, how nice. And or the people you sit next to? And, and you, know, if you don't open up a conversation, you won't know. So I'm very gregarious and I'm, I'm, I love to talk to people and I have to be careful because I tend to talk too much, but I started talking to this woman and we realized that there was like, there was a reason why it was necessary for us to sit next to one another. It's just, it doesn't, it's not necessarily happenstance. There's a reason. And, and my belief is, and this sounds kind of crazy, but I feel like I don't necessarily believe that there's a God. You know, I'm not I'm not a conventional religious person, but I believe that there's something up above, and it'd be the universe. But I feel as if it this thing, this being, I'm I i do not know what it is, but this whatever is up there with a like a Geiger counter, and what we we're all on the sign of the infinity, infinity sign. And, you know, each step of the way or each little point, you know, if we go to the right, these are the people we're supposed to meet. You know, whoever we meet, there's a reason for it. I don't know what it is. And if we make a left, you know, then it'll take us a lot longer to meet the person had we gone right. But these are the people, and, and these are our experiences. It's meant to be. It's almost like there had been a movie many, many years ago with Gwyneth Paltrow called Sliding Doors. I don't know if you ever saw it, but, you know, but so, you know, she gets on the subway and, you know, she meets somebody, she misses the train. She, her life is, um, goes a different route, but in the end she meets the person who she met initially had, you know, they didn't flip the coin. And because in life we don't, we can't flip the coin and see the other side, but, but it's interesting. You know, if you, like, if you trace the steps, the people you've met, there's a reason for it. And, and, you know, I,
0: I completely agree. I completely agree in synchronicity. And it's not, and I'm saying synchronicity, and it doesn't mean happenstance. Synchronicity in the sense of divine timing, that everything has a divine timing and how you take the right and the left and who you see throughout your day, the conversations you have, the clients you meet. And if you're aware and you're awake, they're always around you. And when you can do that, life is magical. You can honestly see the synchronistic events. You can see the divine timing. You can see the signs. I talk a lot about the signs. It's the people that, you know, unfortunately may not be there yet that are kind of walking through life asleep or just don't have any idea what I'm talking about, but I know you and I do. So I completely agree. So all these synchronistic events have led you to where you are the divine timing and and the universe and the knowing and whatever whatever we call that something bigger and greater than us has put you on this path and i just want to say how grateful i am to have met you and to learn about all that you're doing and i just want to share once again so it's healingheadbands.com and people can reach out to you if they are interested in Putting something doing together. Doing a workshop. workshop. Right? We do
1: workshops. We've done programs where it's kids for kids. What we'll do is we charge $20 and it's um, a headband for the artist, and we'll make a second headband of their design and donate it to a child in a hospital. Um, we, as I said, we've done, we're working on doing corporate events. We're working on um, anything, anything and everything. And And we just, we want to be busy and we want, we want to help heal the world because we need laughter more than anything. And we need to heal the world. We need to be compassionate to others and just spread sunshine wherever we can, even on a rainy day. We just have to work our way to spread sunshine and, and pass a smile on or open the door for somebody or let them ride on your Metro card or or, you know, or tie someone's shoe if they can't reach it or, you know, pick up debris in the street as long as it's not cut glass, you know, anything we can do to help ourselves and the community where we live, it's all good.
0: Well, thank you, Barbara. This has been a pleasure to have you on the Intuitive Woman podcast and keep doing your work and shining your light.
1: Thank you so much. This is such an honor. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to have met you and, and I continue to follow you and, uh, and you're a
0: blessing. Thank you. You as well. Namaste.
1: Namaste.